Since this is on the internet, we might as well have an opinion about food right here. Let's do the top five snack foods. Number one, tortilla chips. Pretty much any kind. Um, round, triangle, what have you. Number two, goldfish crackers. Number three, homemade Chex Mix. Number four, store-bought Chex Mix. And number five, starvation. Well, we did it. We finally did it. Well, I didn't do anything, but someone from our country finally did it. it took nine years, but the U.S. men have won a world curling medal. And I, I'll tell you, I, I said last week, outside chance, and, and they capitalized on it. Um, congratulations to, to John Schuster and Tyler George, Matt Hamilton, and John Landsteiner. They had an incredible week. They, they beat the teams that they were not supposed to. Lost to Canada, lost to Japan, just got destroyed by Denmark. Had a controversy in the playoff game against Japan, which they won. Forgot to show up against Denmark again, and then uh, played really good for a couple ends against Japan in the bronze game. Then held the heck on for eight ends and basically gave Japan a shot for the win. Open draw to the button. Covered draw to the button, which ended up overcurling, coming short, and knocking the U.S. in for the point and the victory. Um, now there was controversy. We had going back to that three-four game where there was a, a shot where Japan uh, was trying to remove a, a U.S. stone and it ricocheted off a Japanese stone, which went out of bounds and then bounced back in. And just kind of kissed the U.S. stone right on the edge of the house. Maybe it gave it some more acceleration and spin. It certainly redirected it. And basically it was the, um, the whole controversy as to where that stone should be placed and who gets to decide that. And the officials uh, at, the, at the game basically said that since the infraction happened by the Japanese the uh, U.S. got to place where the stone was, and the rest of the team said they didn't know. The, the skip, Schuster, said, I am certain that it would have stayed in. You know, you look at that every single time, and you just don't know for sure. And there's a very obscure rule uh, in, in, the, in the rules of curling where if an external force moves a stone and nobody knows what happened, you play the whole end over again. And I thought we were really close to that happening. Turns out that's not what happened. And, you know, you hope that the spirit of curling overcame. And, you know, John Schuster's not a person that you'd think would uh, make something up like that. I think he sincerely believed that it was going to stay in. But, um, you know, it's, it's possible that it would have stayed in. Uh, maybe it was in even after the whole you know, movement. But... You know, he didn't want to take the point, but that point ended up being the difference because they were down two points in the eighth end. And I think it was the eighth, maybe the ninth. But regardless, that ended them getting a draw for three. They got booed. 
you know, I don't blame them. It's it's a t it's a tough situation when you're the other uh, skip and you have to make that call. I think I've talked about this before. It's really tough to know what happens. It's it's you know you waffle between what you think's going to happen and what you want to happen, but you know it ultimately comes to you and you have to much make your own judgment. That becomes what kind of what kind of skip you want to be. You're playing for a medal and you think in your heart of hearts something's true and you got to go with that. You go with your gut. You don't go with what you think is going to happen. Now, you know, you wonder if this is going to be one of those rules that's going to be decided. Obviously, they've had so much on their plate with, with sweeping uh, uh, revolutions in the last year, both in terms of equipment and in terms of style. And, you know, that that's going to be first and foremost decided and, and reviewed this summer. But this little rule of, of letting the players decide where stones are placed, you could see that it could have been worse. But, you know, it, it's what happens. So you're going you're gonna to have your own prejudices. And if you, you know, like a team or not, you're going you're gonna to stick with that. But in the end, the U.S. played extremely well. Japan played extremely well. And, of course, Denmark, out of nowhere, their first world medal of any color, Happens to be silver. Great week. And um, having started the season in the European B bracket to go all the way to silver, I don't think we're going to see anything like that again in a really long time. Which, of course, brings us to Canada and Kevin Cooey uh, bringing back another world championship. It's their first one. Uh, Cooey's first one in, in six years. So good bounce back for him. Uh, a lot of surprising familiar in Norway didn't make playoffs. Sweden didn't make playoffs. Scotland might have been a chance. They didn't make it. Switzerland had a really tough week. Finland wasn't there again. So it suddenly became kind of a, a, a new faces type of playoffs. Kind of cleared the way for Canada. But you know Denmark gave it their best. I really thought they had a chance. It just ended up being one end that uh, Canada got their, their two points. And it happened to be late enough where... Denmark couldn't come back and get two of their own. So that's how that goes. And now we're moving on to, um, they got the, uh, the players championship, the grand slam up there in, in Toronto. And, and then you got the champions cup, uh, a couple weeks from there, you got mixed doubles, the world championship, uh, coming up this next week in Sweden. And you know, then that's it. That's curling season. But right now we're into the second week of baseball and, the small sample sizes are still extremely small, but we are down to a select few teams that have not lost, and that would be the Minnesota Twins and the Atlanta Braves, both actually kind of terrible teams. Uh, we had a team that finally lost their first game last night, which would be the Baltimore Orioles, and that was another team I actually thought might not have won a game until now. And you still look at them and you say, how did how did they go 7-0? and I mean... You know, Mark Trumbo is is what he is, and he'll hit home runs. And when he doesn't hit home runs, he's kind of just extra calories. But you know, it, besides a couple players like Manny Machado and Adam Jones, who himself has not really been much of a factor this uh, season so far, you know, there's there's not a lot to like in that rotation. There's um. There's there's a a couple of glaring holes kind of all around the field and 
And then that division that has Toronto and Boston and who knows what New York is, boy, they don't really feel like that team that's going to take that division. But again, it's the second week, and they had a really good first week. So that's what happens there. But going back to the other two teams, there's a lot has been said about the Twins having a lot of Rookie of the Year candidates. And despite that, they still do not anticipate being a very good team. Uh, without rehashing everything else that's been said, you know, having the best rookies, I think there's a couple things going on here. Is there's not a lot of other teams that have several rookies, even even a couple rookies that this year are expected to perform a lot, and you know they're going to have a lot of uh, chances with Byron Buxton and Byung Ho Park, um, and. Uh, the Arcia, right? Not there's two Arcias, like not Oswaldo Arcia. No, he's not a rookie. Just don't listen to me. Don't listen to anything I just said right there. They're not going to be good, but um, at least the Braves, you know, at least the Braves are not only not young and uh, have no expectations, but they're also just running out the clock on Turner Field. There's just they're. It's a, it's a car crash in slow mo. That's all they are right now. They're gonna be good in a couple years because they're in that you know hit the reset button, get the young players there. They're just not good right now. They, um, they're gonna be a, a treat for everyone else that plays them, and you know they might. They're a very good candidate to to lose a hundred, and that's not even exaggerating what they've done this last uh, week. Um, they're, they're not good. And so far there haven't been many other teams that have jumped off either in first place or last place and said, oh, something's wrong with them. You know, which may mean that after a really odd two years, we may have finally stabilized in terms of good teams and bad teams. And you just need that uh, grounding just for at least a year. Just give us a year where we sort of know who's going to be good and bad and just just go from there. Now, I want to go back to mixed doubles curling just to wrap this whole thing up. I, I don't have a whole lot more events to preview this uh, week, but um, we did get, I, at least I saw some new information on basically how the Olympics are going to be shaping up where... The next two seasons of, of the World Mixed Doubles Curling Championship is going to determine who makes it to the Olympics. And the uh, women's and men's curling teams, there are 10 teams. And Mixed Doubles, I mean, geez, they, they sent about 40 t- uh, countries this year. I think it's 44 that are going. But only eight are going to make it in terms of qualification. We know South Korea is going to be one of them which leaves a whole lot of other teams uh, scrambling to get there. And the interesting thing about mixed doubles is there are a couple non-traditional uh, curling countries right up there in the thick of things. Uh, if we go by the classic rankings right now, we have the top seven of Sweden, Hungary, Switzerland, Norway, Russia, Canada, and Czech Republic. For the record, USA is number eight. Uh, but Hungary, obviously, having won a couple world titles, is number two in terms of men's and women's ranking. They are 
somewhere in the mid-teens on both sides. Czech Republic is also a little bit down there. Another one right there on the cusp that I'm going to want to watch this uh, next week is Spain. They're ninth in terms of rankings. They have a good mixed doubles program. They are somewhere, I'd say, between 25 and 30th overall in, in men's and women's. So they're a lot closer to making the Olympics this way. And, you know, if you're, if you're putting all your chips and in, in trying to get medals, you know, start there, work your way up. And that's why we're going to see two more countries that have never played mixed doubles before. It's going to be Israel, which has a men's team, and then this will be the debut of Qatar curling. Uh, they will probably not win a game, if anything. I, I don't know anything about them, but hey, you got to start somewhere, and this is a really good event to do that. So um, USA is sending a team, and you know you, you're, you're probably going to want to make the playoffs if you have any chance of of reaching the 2018 Olympics. It's, it's going to be a crapshoot, it seems like. Also, I wanted to mention that with John Schuster's bronze medal, I th- am pretty sure they the U.S. men have all but uh, clinched a spot in the 2018 Olympics. They're guaranteed uh, 10 points. They'll probably get an 11th because I don't think Brazil's going to pose any sort of a threat to them next year. Last year's uh, teams both on, on both sides, they both all had 10 points or more. Last year, or last Olympic cycle, U.S. had nine, and they had to qualify to get there. So, I and I really don't think that any USA team is going to finish in last place. So, given all that, I think they finally got their their spot there. What a sigh of relief! Because watching another qualification event, that'd be torture.